You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Oh, yeah. So, thanks for participating in the awkward greeting time. Except you're not sounding like it's too awkward. You're sounding like you really enjoyed it. So, thank you for doing that. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Please take your Bibles, if you would, this morning and open up to the Bible book of Ephesians. We'll be looking at chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. If you don't have a Bible with you, our wonderful ushers are, have a stack of Bibles in their hand. They're walking down the aisle. Just wave at them. They'd be happy to give you a loaner. Uh, I encourage you to, to uh, turn over to Ephesians and walk through that. And, and also, I encourage you to... Uh, I pointed this out earlier uh, in your worship folder. A number of things that are inside here that... Uh, um, uh, feedback form with, with Andy, and you can fill that out as we go along. Um, and uh, you can either leave it at your seat or put it in the offering basket. There's a card that Susan's going to tell you about a little bit later, but you can put your name on that, and and uh, we'd be happy to do that. Survey is in there that uh, if you haven't filled one of these out, do that. And then there's a outline that you'll want to pull out and take out, and that's what we're going to be talking through this morning. The answers, there's blanks there. The answers will be up on the screen as we walk through this. And then, uh, um, as is our custom, we, uh, we produce a, a, a page of... Uh, for nothing less, it's the answers to the fill in the blanks and, uh, and all the extra verses I give. I know I give out a lot of extra verses because, you know, I kind of like the whole Bible and, uh, and love what it says. And so uh, I give out a lot of extra verses. And so there's, these are available. They're in the back table outside these double doors right to the left under the uh, con- uh, community life groups there. There's also, because the campaign is a, has this life group element to it, and you're going to be hearing time and time for me to get involved in the life group, uh, there's a life group page called week one and this is the the study guide for that you want to get one of those and if you're a leader of a life group it's a lot thicker it says life group leader guide is pretty self-explanatory those are all in the back at the back uh, a life group desk that you want to head and grab before that and also want to encourage you as we mentioned before to to pick up one of the devotionals that are available and do take one uh, even if you're a guest with us today and have no intention of coming back uh, we want you to come back, but uh, you can take one anyways and, and walk through God's Word. It'll be encouragement, our gift to you, unless you want to give a donation, then we'll take that too. But, <clears throat> well, it was uh, 15 years ago today that uh, uh, that tragic uh, day happened. Uh, 15 years ago. Uh, do you remember where you were uh, at 9-11? Uh, that day when uh, a group... Um, organized, sought to bring fear and terror. It was confusing and awful. And, and that I was, um, I was in my uh, living room uh, getting ready. The kids were all getting ready for school. And, uh, and I got a call from my neighbor, Mike, turn on the TV. I'm going, what? Turn on the TV? You know, we don't watch TV in the morning, but turn on. And I turned on it just as the second plane was heading into the second tower of the Twin Towers. I was in shock. Uh, and I was heading out. I was going to go pray at the uh, Santa Clara City Council meeting. I was going to do the invocation there, and um, uh, I got a call from them, and they said, you know, Mike, I, I don't think you should come. We're, we're, we're kind of in a little bit of a lockdown mode, and um, we're not sure what to do. Uh, lots of confusion and, and that, and, you know, wondering if the schools are going to be open and, and all of that, and, and just 
this is happening on this soil was uh, devastating and witnessing the fear and disillusionment um, and seeing people running, streaming from the Twin Towers. But what, what amazed me is that while there was a full throng of people running away, there was a great group of people running towards. Um, and those are the first responders. Many of them lost their lives, and some of you have seen the ceremonies that have been going on throughout the uh, weekend of the lives that were given, these people who ran towards danger while others were running away from them. And so it's, it's so right that, um, that we acknowledge and, uh, and encourage, and even though they may not like it, as Andy talked about, to recognize the first responders. I know some of you raised your hand, but I would love it if, uh, if you wouldn't mind standing. If you're uh, police, fire... Uh, medical, emergency technicians, that once you stand, let's recognize you just, just one more time. Would you mind doing that? Come on. I know you're in here. Let's, let's appreciate that. Would you stand? Come on. <laughs> There's a few. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate you guys. Uh, it's, uh, uh, we appreciate what you do. Uh, and you really help. I know that these first responders uh, at 9-11, they, they brought hope. Um, and they helped, and and these first responders do help cope with the fear of tragedy and in an accident, and and really when evil wreaks havoc in our world, and we are blessed by those who help us deal with the devastations of life, because the truth is, life is full of fear-inducing occurrences that really rock our world, even even to the core. And we need help to find help and to find hope. And many times a new normal is we cannot be the same due to the difficulty. Some of the fears that we face are emotional, like insecurity and unworthiness and worthlessness. Some are just as emotional, but they have that external reality that is tough as well. Cancer is back. My marriage is dissolving. I can't handle my weight. I just lost my job. The stress of life is just too much. And then there's the mistakes that we make. We lie, we cheat, we steal, we view porn, we flirt when we shouldn't, we gossip, we spread slander. And sometimes we're just downright mean. And we wonder, we wonder if God could really love us. Am I good enough? For guilt and shame are tough realities and tough devastations that hit our life. And we go through those as people. Matter of fact, all, all through life, people have gone through those and and the Ephesian church, the church that we're studying this morning, the, the chapters that we're looking at, also faced some of the same things we do. A life in the New Testament ancient world at that time was not easy. Uh, the economy was not great. You had to work hard to get what you had, and much of it got taken away by evil regimes and difficult governments. Uh, there was a constant threat of war. And life was difficult. 
both internally with the emotions people go through and externally. But if this was not all, this, this young church, this young Ephesian church was under constant attack from different philosophies and faiths. Uh, some called the Gnostics uh, didn't agree with that Jesus was God, nor did they feel that his work on the cross was really all that great because we're all basically good inside and around. And then there were those Judaizers who felt that all believers in Jesus now had to follow the strict Jewish law to be acceptable to God. Plus, there were the false teachers who claimed that they had the, the true way of life. And the church, uh, the people of the church, were struggling. And yet here comes the Apostle Paul, like any good first responder, and points these struggling people to the source of help and hope in God, in Christ. And that there is room in his amazing, stable, encouraging family for all. Because we truly are blessed by our good Heavenly Father who who loves and, and gives us help and hope all the time, especially in our time of need. And he calls us to a, a new life, a new family with a new focus and a unique reality where we are victoriously and ferociously loved. Listen again to a very familiar passage to many of you in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, there's room. There is room in God's family, not based on us measuring up like a club or a team, but because of the Father's choice. He has chosen us. Uh, being fearfully and wonderfully made inside our mom, as Psalm 139 says, and, and, and before the beginning of time, having our days matched out, knowing that we would choose Him, and He has chosen us. And yet God will not force us to be part of His forever family, but so much wants us to have life in His family. And that's really what the concentration of this campaign, this concentrated focus is all about. That there's room in God's family. And we should be part of that family and learn how to live in that family. All of Scripture gives that familial family feel to it. And we're to learn, as, as Paul writes in many of his writings, of how to live in God's family. And Ephesians is no exception. Family that we can be part of because of Jesus, because it is centered around Him. Jesus is the door and the delight of God's family. So let's look at what first responder Paul points to in the beginning of this comforting yet challenging letter to the people of the church at Ephesus. Let's take in the truth that we are blessed by our good Father in three realities of our good Father's blessing found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. And so before we get into that, wouldn't you mind just setting aside your books and let's stand up and, and ask for God's insight as we look into this. Would you pray with me? Father God, we stand before you and, and realize that we need your divine insight. 
Lord, you brought us here. We know we're here because you want us to hear something from your word this morning. And so God, open us up to whatever that is. Father, I'm praying that you would challenge us and encourage us and move us to be more the family you want us to be. Bless this time, we pray in your son's name. Amen. Have a seat and get out your notes and you can jot these down and again pick up the answers, fill in the blanks as we go forward into this. But uh, grab that study guide as well. Now through this passage, and and though this passage in your Bible is, is sectioned off by verses and even some punctuation, the reality is this is one long sentence in Greek. Uh, <clears throat> not because um, it's some run-on sentence, but because each uh, element is connected and we need to get the whole thought here. And the whole thought is of God's story. That despite the evil reality of sin, God has a wonderful, eternal Family, he wants us to be part of, and so let me read to you uh, this uh, one run run long sentence in uh, in Ephesians chapter one. Now, if you're following along, I'm reading out of the uh, ESV English Standard Version um, off my iPad, and and you're uh, some of you have the NIV with you, and that's totally fine. You can figure it out as we go along. And some of you ask, you know, Mike, why do you why don't you read from the sacred book? Well, I am. It's just computerized. And the reason why I actually read it on an iPad is because I have a learning disability called dyslexia. And when it's back lit, I have an easier time reading because now all the words don't fly all over the place and I read them backwards, like which is sometimes I do. And actually, I actually color them. If you could see that, I color them because that color helps me read as well. So that's why, if you're wondering ever why I read out of this. But let me read this sentence to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mysteries of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time until all things in him, things in heaven on earth, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the will of his counsel, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Let's unpack three realities of our good Father's blessing. The first reality of our good Father's blessing is we have a blessed life from God. Right there in verse 3, it says, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We have incredible, heavenly, Holy Spirit power available to us. I mean, seeing that woman walk, woo! 
I was awesome. I, the Holy Spirit's power can do stuff like that. That power available to us, and, and wow, he's also given us gifts. If you want to write down Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they all speak of the gifts of the Spirit that God has given to us. In John 14, Jesus said that to his followers, you'll be able to do even greater works after I ascend and send the Holy Spirit to you. I mean, just open up the acts. It's just the acts of the apostle, but it's also the acts of the Holy Spirit doing amazing things through his people, causing lame people to walk and, and people even raised from the dead. It's amazing. That power is available to us from through the Holy Spirit because of Christ. We are not powerless. Despite the tragedies, the difficulties, the issues of life, we are not powerless. We are blessed with endless and efficient Holy Spirit power. Way better than Duracell. Dun, dun, dun. Whatever that song is. <laughs> uh, you know, you all see those commercials where these first responders are there and they're using their flashlights and their different pieces of equipment and then you open it up and, oh, there's a Duracell battery in there. Because you can trust it. It'll be there when you need it. Well, far better than that, the Holy Spirit's power is available to all. All of us who call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and are in Him have that Holy Spirit power available to us. Say with me, we are not powerless. We are not powerless. Please don't ever feel like that you are powerless. You have the Holy Spirit to help you walk through any difficulty, any struggle, any tragedy you face in life. He is there. You have a promise from God that you have the Holy Spirit with you. Power to make a difference. Power to love through pain. Power to be light in our neighborhood. Power to forgive. Power to be kind. Power to reflect Christ we do have a blessed life. So we need to engage that power. Let's engage that power. First, believe it, and then live it and give it out. It's like in the area of forgiveness. We need to understand that we have been forgiven. You see, the problem is all of humanity sits in the realm of sinfulness. All of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. We have a distance between us and God. And we are born into sin and we act upon sin and we live sin in our life. And that sinful state separates us from God and we can enjoy the blessings of our Father because of sin. But when Jesus came, He redeemed us from that. We'll talk about that in a moment. And He forgave us of our sin. We are forgiven. That sin is no longer held against us. And we are free of that forgiveness. Or free of that sin because of that forgiveness. You're not held against it again. Even though the accuser of the brethren continually accuses you, as Satan does before God on you, but Jesus stands in and says, I'm sorry, I paid for all of that. Past, present, and future sins when he redeemed us for the work of the cross. We are forgiven and we're to take and embrace that forgiveness and feel the freshness and the cleanness of that forgiveness and then to pass it on to others. To forgive them because we have so greatly been forgiven. It's the same with love. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. 
uh, that word chesed is there, that, that, that amazing love of God, that, that He loves us, His loving kindness given to us just because He chose to do so. There will never be anyone who loves you as great as God loves you. He loves, his love is unconditional. There's nothing you do to earn it and you cannot lose it. It's simply there because he's chosen to bestow it on you. It's a love that never ends. There's nothing you can do that can stop the flow of that love coming towards you. No matter how bad you are or how much you run from it, it's still there. That amazing, incredible, awesome, uh, full-encompassing love is something that we need to embrace and feel that we take it in. And then we hand it out to other people, that unconditional love to others. We're to take in these great blessings and to pass them on. The same with the care of God. He cares about you. He thinks about you constantly. There's not a word that comes out of your mouth that he doesn't know what Psalm 139 says. He cares deeply about what you go through and knows it. We're to embrace that care and believe it and pass it on to others. Let's plug into that power and bless others with it. But there's more. More blessing from our good Father. Verse 4, we are chosen and predestined, adopted. We have belonging. God in His eternal, all-knowing being before time knew we would choose Him. And so it was predetermined that we, sh- that, that we would be His because He knew that we would choose that direction. We still have a choice, but God knew it and elected to receive us in Him. No matter how abandoned we feel in life, we belong to God. We are chosen by Him, adopted by Him. And I know that as I see you and experience uh, people, in the, even in a group this size, that there are many of you who feel abandoned, alone, like you don't belong. And yet that's just simply not true. You have a God who deeply and, and, and ferociously has loved you with that everlasting love and has bought you into His life and adopted you in and you have belonging. You are his people, as Peter says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Not abandoned. This adoption brings privilege. It brings access to God and eternal life and blessings. As verse 4 and part of verse 5 says, the last part of verse 5 talks about that we now have a purpose. It's not that we're floating aimlessly in life, but he's given us now his purpose. And that redemption, as verse 7 talks about, is taking us out of that sinful uh, state of being and redeeming us, bringing into His wonderful family, giving us wisdom, not just the world wisdom that we gain in years, but actually a godly wisdom that He imparts to us. And there's more. We are so completely blessed. That doesn't mean because we're blessed that God holds back pain or difficulty, but even in those, we are blessed. We have care and comfort and purpose and wisdom and a blessing that no one or nothing can take away from us. Well, this adoption has a responsibility to live up to our family name. And this is where we so easily get sidetracked. We think it's all about our name, our honor, our glory. And yet Corinthians 1 Corinthians 6.20 
says very clear, for you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. We were in this sinful state and to get out of it is nothing that we could do on our own to make ourselves right before God to be able to have a relationship with Him. But, but Christ took it upon Himself to close the gap by dying on a cross, giving up His life for ours that He might redeem us from that sinful condition. And we are bought with a price by His body. So let's live to bring God honor. And let all we do glorify or show off the greatness of God. I love how Matthew 5.16 puts it this way. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, this, this adopted life means that, that we head out in the world and do the good works of God so that people will be glorified. Those good works in no way save us, but they simply glorify God. So yes, we are blessed. Not so that we can be that self-focused celebrity, but so that we can bless and let God's glory shine. The question is, will you? Our good Father blesses us, but also there is the blessing of a delightful life in Christ. Eleven times the phrase in Christ or a variation of that meaning is used in this sentence. And as we come to faith, as we come to that place where we realize that we're sinful, that we can't get to where we need to be because of the gap that sin has created and we need a Savior and we recognize that Jesus is the one who's redeemed us out of there, and then committed our life to live it His way as best as we can, when we come to faith, God has brought us in and united us with Christ. We take on His name, our, our, our family name, like an adopted person takes on the name of their family, or like a, uh, in marriage where we share a name. We are united to Jesus, bound to Jesus, grafted in as Romans 11. I love this illustration. It's an a, a agricultural illustration of grafting in. Grafting was a, uh, you'd slice into the main branch of, of that. You'd slice it right down to, the, to the, where the uh, um, life-giving sap was and you shaved off the end of that, that twig and you inserted it in there. So now that the, the life-giving sap would now flow through that branch and produce fruit. And you knew that it was grafted in because there was fruit there. Uh, the branch could not exist on its own. It needed to be grafted in. And that's what God has done. He's grafted us in so that now His life energy and, and purpose and wisdom all flow through us to produce fruit. The evidence of the Spirit's work in our life. Where His values and purposes become our delight. And yet, there is still a choice a choice to whether we're going to delight in Jesus, grafted into Jesus, and let His life energy, life reality, purposes flow through our life. That's why Psalm 37.4 encourages and commands us to delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of being that purposeful, meaningful person that bears fruit. Delight is to find our joy in, our hope in, our purpose in Jesus. And it can't happen if we're focusing on self. And yet, when we choose to set our attention on being in Christ, 
these blessings are realized. <laughs> but there's more. There's a, a, the experience of the radical, um, amazing grace that 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 9 talks about this, this amazing grace that we can finally gain and understand that it's nothing on our own merit, but just because God has chosen to give us all that we have, uh, not only the salvation we have, but the blessings we have and the, the family sense that we can be a part of all by a grace. It's nothing of our own merit. And we're fierce relentless love is experienced as we just read about that in Romans 8, 38 and 39 where revolutionary renovation of life is experienced as 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that behold, something new has come. The old has passed. Now something new has come. There's a refresh button that we can experience a new refreshness and renovation of life in Christ. In Christ, there's assurance of all of God's promises, as 1 Corinthians 1.20 explains. Assurance of all our needs met, as Philippians 4.19 says, that all of our needs are met in Christ Jesus. Assurance of a peace that makes no human sense. When we go to Him, a peace that surpasses all understanding, guards our hearts and our minds. And I could go on and on and on. In Christ, we have it all. So keep making a choice to delight in him know him dive deep into his word gain an understanding a a head knowledge of who christ is read your bibles pour through that understand this jesus that we talk about but not just read about him also experience him because you know he's alive right on that easter sunday Jesus rose from the grave. He is risen. Risen indeed. Yes, He is. He is alive. And you can have relationship with Him. You can have a conversation with Him. You can enjoy life with Him. Now, He may not speak audibly to you, but just in those thoughts in your mind, and mostly through His Word, He walks you through life, and you can experience life and have a head knowledge and experience knowledge of Christ. And not only that, to live life His way, to seek to follow him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And so we're to love him by showing him. And when asked, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest and foremost commandment? He said, there's two. Actually, there's three, but there's two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said later on in John, he said, a new commandment I give to you to love one another. Love should permeate all that we do if we follow His um, His will and to show Him love. But, but there's something else. We're not only to, to know Jesus and to live life His way, but to be part of the local expression of His family. And this is where we tend to get a little bit, uh, uh, step back a little bit with this, especially us in the West. We have this unfortunate, radical individualism that we bring into our faith. And we talk more about our personal relationship with Jesus. For yes, he did personally save us out of sin into his marvelous light of his family. He did. It is a very personal reality of that. But he also saved us into community. Into the local expression of community. Into the church. God wants us to be a... Uh, an uh, integral part of his family. That doesn't save us, but it's something he saved us into. And we're to be part of God's family. 
to get involved and to be interconnected with others. That's why so bad I want you to get involved in life groups. Because actually, it's really difficult to experience community in a room like this. Again, you're all facing me, and you all look beautiful and handsome, and who wouldn't want to spend time with you? But you're just listening, and I'm the only one talking. In a life group, you have a chance to look at each other and, and be able to interact and, and, and have that smaller group fellowship. And that's where really the church is the church. And so I so bad want you to get in. Go sign up at the Bass Desk. Get into a life group. I don't care if we have to pack 100 people into my house uh, this Wednesday. If you want to come, come. Or up here Tuesday. We have one up here that on 7 o'clock. You can fit 90 people in that room. Now, of course, we're going to have to break it down into smaller groups so people get to know each other. But get involved. It can't just happen one hour on a Sunday. That's not the church. <laughs> the church is the interaction. And, and that's what Christ saved us into, to be in Christ is to be involved in the church. I, I hate the phrase, you know, well, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. That's an oxymoron. You can't do that. Because to really love Jesus is to love his community called the church. Jesus loved the community so much, the church, he called it his bride. He has that much love and connection with the church, and he wants us to be engaged, to be part of the church. What a blessing. Yes, the blessing of God in and through Christ, but there's more. There's the blessing of a secure life with the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you the last part of this sentence uh, labeled in verse 13 to 14. In Him, Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. To the praise of his glory we have been given a helper when we come to faith a, a guide to teach us a, a coach to help us understand and apply god's word now we've talked about the holy spirit a number of weeks ago in, in quite in depth and and that but but his presence in our life is the seal of authenticity of our faith and though no physical uh seal appears on us It is seen in the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it's seen in the fruit, the, uh, the aspects of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. As we see those character realities happen in our life, that's the, that's the, the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in us, that's that we know that we have Him in our life, coaching us. And not only that, it's the, it's the, the compulsion an action of doing good works. James 2, verses 17 to around verse 26 says, faith without works, without evidence, is not faith. It's dead. And I know that when you came to faith, the Holy Spirit did give you inklings, ideas and thoughts to move forward in your faith. Because He does that. He speaks. Now, these actions that we do don't save us, but they're evidence of. The key for us and our part is to act upon those inklings. Yes, do all the tests of making sure they're from, from God and not from some crazy thought in our head, but we're to act upon the inklings and proddings of our Holy Spirit coach. And you've experienced those. God's prodding you to be involved in this service. God's certainly in, in prodding you to be involved in a life group. Work on saying yes 
rather than no. Work on being risky than safe. I don't know why we got stuck on this whole idea of safety. And I even hate the phrase, safe for the whole family. It's not safe. The Christian life is not safe. But we've got Jesus walking by our side. So we are safe. I've been on some ride-alongs with different police officers, gone into the most surliest parts of deep into, into Berkeley and, and, and Oakland, even in the bad parts where you see bullet holes sprayed across the wall. And you know, I felt safe there because I was with my police officer friend who had a, who had a shotgun here, he had a gun here, a gun here, and another gun tucked under his seat. We were protected. But it's not safe. This world is not safe. But yet we have the Holy Spirit guiding us and right there with us. Yes, we need to work on discerning the Holy Spirit's voice in our own life. The Holy Spirit's presence and action in life is that guarantee and reminder that we have all the blessings in Christ Jesus now and the ones to come in heaven. And the Bible confirms that. So live with that security. It's kind of like bungee jumping. Now, I don't know if you've ever bungee jumped. And I don't know, I mean, that guy, isn't like that guy's just having the time of his life? The reason he's having the time of the life is because of the tether that's holding him. And he has great trust in that tether (laughs) that is going to bounce him back and he's just going to have a great ride. I hear that they're mostly good. But... The Holy Spirit will never fail us. See, the problem is we try to live way too safe. We need to take some more leaps of faith and enjoy the thrill of God's family. Now, true, life is scary. 9-11 was a reality. And the fear of it all and our own issues can be debilitating. But even in the midst of all of this fear, the reality of the blessings of our good Father is just as real. And His love can chase back that fear. That's the atmosphere of God's family. And there's room. There's room for all of us. So let's come on in and enjoy our good Father's blessing. A blessed life from God, plugged into the power of God. A delightful life in Christ, making Jesus our delight as we're grafted in. A secure life with the Holy Spirit, taking the risk to listen and act. Would you? Why don't you pray with me? Father God, thank you just for the great reality of who you are. This good, good, incredible Father who blesses us with every spiritual blessing in heaven. And in Christ we have such this wonderful reality of letting his purposes and, and life energy flow through us sealed with the Holy Spirit. God, help us enjoy that reality. 
And help us to live with that reality as we join in with God's family. Thank you, Father, for this good, encouraging challenge, we pray. In your son's name, amen. You know, we want to have a time of reflection, as we do mostly in our services. It's a time set aside for you just to have a moment with God. Maybe something uh, hits you like it's never hit you before and, and you just want to talk to God about it. And I encourage you, as this song is being played and sung, do that. Maybe you'd like to pray with somebody or, or just have a moment where you're, I'm not sure what God is telling me, but this is what he's saying and I just want someone to pray with us. And we want to give you that opportunity and, and we have our pastors and our prayer team members and our elders take positions around the auditorium. And so if you would do that right now, some are going to be up front here, some in the aisleways. We have a few elders around. Yeah, we do. So they're going to be uh, prayer team members uh, coming around. Yeah, thank you, Richard. If you'd like prayer on behalf of yourself or somebody else or just some things you're going through, you can come to one of us who are standing around here. We'd love to pray with you. But I do want to encourage you to to do business with God. Some of you, uh, you're not even sure of your own relationship with Him. You're still in that sinful camp of trying to figure out how do I get in that connection with God and, and you need to come to that place where you receive Christ for that first time and come to faith and we'd love to help you with that you can come to any one of us who are standing but certainly right there at your seat you can just talk to God saying God I get it I'm sinful I need a savior it's Jesus I get that and I want to live my life your way if you do pray that come and talk to me afterwards I want to give you some material and help you grow in that regard this happens all the time in our services so uh, if that's something you would like to take participation of please do others of you have been stuck (laughs) Uh, you once made the decision of faith and yet you don't feel like you're really grafted in at all you feel like you're kind of hanging out there by a thread and you need to kind of insert yourself back in and and let the purposes of god and say yes to him more and be pumped up with that holy spirit power in your own life and and maybe it's time to say god i i don't know where i've been i don't know what's going on but i want to i want to live like you want me to just take that moment and let him know talk to him about that But do some business with God today. And if we can stand with you in prayer, and we'd love to, we do that. If you wouldn't mind all standing at this time, so make it easier for those who do want to come out and pray, uh, please stand and talk to God. Take this moment as the song is being sung again. Do that. And, And for sure, if you'd like some prayer, come find one of us. Let's take this time and talk to God.